This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And Drew, we are less than 24 hours away from National Signing Day. You guys have been with us since the portal opened up at the beginning of the month. Now December, December 20th, it is here. I think we're at like 95-96% of the top 247 committed slated to sign tomorrow. There'll probably be a couple of surprises, and it's been a busy week, not just National Signing Day in 24 hours, but we had an update to the top 247 yesterday. Drew was in the Carolinas for the Shrine Bowl. I was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi for Alabama, Mississippi. So a lot going on, plus a transaction wire at the end of the show. But Drew, the headlines, they just keep coming out of the transfer portal. How about Oregon? They add Dante Moore, the former five-star, top five quarterback in the 2023 class, one and done in Los Angeles under Chip Kelly. He is going to play with Dylan Gabriel, a guy coming over from Oklahoma, the Hawaii native that started 49 games between UCF and Oklahoma. Drew, we have not seen this done anywhere else where a team in Oregon has now been able to secure both their short-term future and their long-term future after Bo Nix. Your thoughts on Oregon and what they've done with the quarterback position. Well, I think any team or school or program in the country would love to do what Oregon has done. And I don't think there's a lot of programs that could pull this off, get two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Uh, But Dan Lanning does. And I think if you're in the Big Ten with the Ducks moving there, you should be concerned. We've talked about it for the past few months. We love what Oregon has done on the recruiting front. Uh, For a program that's located on the West Coast, they are getting better in the trenches. And the biggest question mark for us is, hey, what is the plan post Bo Nix? Now you got Dylan Gabriel to, I don't even want to call him a bridge quarterback, Cooper. I mean, this guy is ready-made, tailor-made, ready to go, take the keys to the sports car uh, and win some games. I mean, he has started close to 50 games, uh, and this is perfect for Dante Moore. I mean, he's a guy we loved coming out of the recruiting process. He went 40-11 and as a starter at Martin Luther King there in Detroit. Uh, Wire-to-wire inside the top 100 for us. 
I think he is an accurate passer, and I think he is a student of the game. Now, we saw a little bit of him at UCLA, started five games as a freshman, appeared in nine of them. Things didn't really go all that well, uh, Cooper, but I dug into the PFF, right? And I think one key metric I like, 14 big throws as a true freshman. Uh, PFF tracks that five of those came against Utah. And I know there was a pick six, but he's able to learn there, uh, sit behind Dylan Gabriel, and then take over. So a uh, golf clap to Dan Lanning for pulling this off. And there's a lot of head coaches around the country that wish that they could do the same. Oregon did it. Yeah, absolute luxury situation of what Oregon's doing at the quarterback uh, position. Drew, I mentioned last year, look, Oregon nabbed a pretty good quarterback in Austin Novosad that a lot of teams were after in the 2023 cycle. Oregon ends up getting it done. A lot of that had to do with Will Stein coming over from UTSA. But I said the whole perception of Oregon long-term kind of changed when Dante Moore went to UCLA, and he didn't have the year that a lot of people expected, 11 touchdowns, nine interceptions. It was, it was a little bit of a mixed bag. But now you get the turnkey, right? And Dylan Gabriel, he comes in for a year. That roster is ready to roar. What they have done at the line of scrimmage, the point of attack, both sides of the ball, I think Dan Lanning is certainly impressed there. Now they go into the Big Ten. So, Drew... Oregon a team now in the 12-team uh, playoff format, right? You think that Oregon's going to be one of those teams built for sustainable success. How about this, Drew? You got Ohio State coming to Eugene next year, and you also go to Ann Arbor. We're going to find out pretty quickly how Oregon is built and how they're going to hold up against the physicality of a team like Michigan and Ohio State as well. So, Oregon, Drew, one more point. What you got? Yeah, one more thing. I mean, look at what happened to Florida State in the college football playoff, right? Jordan Travis goes down. Tate Rodemaker has played some games. Uh, he gets hurt, and then you're going to Brock Glenn rolling him out there. Now Oregon, I think the key is going to have a veteran backup quarterback. And in this current landscape and environment, it's difficult, right, to, to build out that quarterback room with everyone just kind of moving around. So I think that's the other thing that stands out to me. You know, if something were to happen to Dylan Gabriel, Dante Moore can step in. Well, you hate to say it, right? But you look at this situation like Florida State uh, that you brought up there. If it's not Tater Rotomaker or if it's not a guy like Brock Glenn, if, if Oregon in this hypothetical situation is on that line, they're teetering a little bit, and it's up to the CFP, and they know they have a guy like Dante Moore, the former five-star, that's also started uh, previous experience at UCLA. That matters, right? So I wonder if teams look at that. A lot of brand recognition, name recognition there for Oregon. So Oregon set up not only for the short-term but long-term success under Dan Lanning, that quarterback room. Like Drew said, golf clap to them. Uh, and like I've reminded you before, we will be – your guides to everything you need for signing day, signing day, less than 24 hours away. There's no more prep. It's right here. It's right around the corner. A lot going on. But before we get to signing day, we also had an update to the top 247 as well. And Drew, you and I spent a lot of time on this, as well as Gabe Brooks, Hudson Standish, and the rest of the team at 24-7 Sports. A lot of live exposures. I mentioned the Carolina Shrine Bowls. I also mentioned Alabama, Mississippi as well. So let's take a look at the top 32 as refreshed yesterday by yours truly at 24-7 Sports. We'll go from 32 to 26 here. A couple names stand out, guys coming in. Xavier Filsame, the new Texas commit back into the top 32 as a five-star, 25 through 20. A couple of these names that you look at, not a lot of movement. Jalen Mbakwe, not an athlete tag anymore. He's a cornerback tag after seeing him in Hattiesburg. We go from 19 to 11 now. Drew, the biggest thing that 
stands out here. You talked about it yesterday on the recruiting show. Jordan Seaton at number 13, now the number one tackle in the country in a year that tackles are really hard to find. And let's go to the top 10, the biggest one, Drew, that I think you and I have been the most excited about. How about Florida commit DJ Lagway jumping 13 spots into the top 10, the number four a player in the country, number two arm, right behind Dylan Raiola. Drew, he has had a spectacular year. I think you mentioned it yesterday on the recruiting show. He's probably had the best senior year of any prospect that we have evaluated as a group. 58 touchdowns, only eight INTs. has been stellar on the ground as well. We all knew the physical traits were there. He's a legit baseball prospect as well. You see him play off platform. He is a big physical guy. I kind of said he kind of reminds me a little bit of Cam Ward, but I actually think he's a better athlete. Florida's getting a guy here, Drew, and I think it goes without saying. Let's set the table here. Am I off my rocker to think that if Dylan Riola has a good week in Orlando at the Under Armour All-American Bowl, that Dylan Ry- or excuse me, DJ Lagway, excuse me, that DJ Lagway could 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 end up being the number one overall player in the country. I think so. I mean, Cooper, you're not on your rocker here. You've been in the conversations. I've been pushing it behind the scenes. I, DJ Lagway, I mean, there's some people that have said, oh, you know, he's always been my number one quarterback. I kind of laugh at that. I mean, go back to the Elite 11 finals. It was not a good performance for DJ Lagway. And I sat on the set for CBS. And what did I say, Cooper? I like where we have him. I think he was somewhere in the 40s. We wanted to see what he was going to do as a senior. Because the first two years, his, his sophomore and junior seasons, below 60% as a passer, 10-10 and 10 on Friday nights. We want winners at quarterback. So what does DJ Lagway go out and do? I actually think he tweeted about this. Hey, let's see when the pads come on. He leads Willis to its best record in over 60 years, right? First time in the regional finals, I think, since 1994. Um, every statistical category, he checks it off and he improves. And then you toss and you bake into all of this that DJ Lagway is a dynamic athlete. I mean, he is six foot three, 225 pounds. We have struggled to find a player comp for him. What were the names that were getting tossed out there? He's Anthony Richardson, but I think a little bit better as a passer, maybe not as dynamic as a runner. Uh, you know, is he Jalen Hurts? I mean, Cam Newton, all these names have come. To mind, I think he's got one of the highest ceilings out here. We're going to see at the Under Armour game, like you said in Orlando, we're going to get three practices and then a game. If he aces that final exam, and I'm stealing a term from you, I absolutely think he can finish number one for us. I think it's a guy that has a chance to just transform whatever program he's going to go to, looking like Florida, you know, less than 12 hours to go before signing day. But he is he's the real deal, Cooper. 59 touchdown passes, Texas 6A class record. And the last nugget I'm going to leave here, our guy Gabe Brooks, I think he sent the text message a few weeks ago. He compared the senior seasons for Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and DJ Lagway. They are near identical statistically, and I think that says a lot. He is the most important player in this class to what it means to a program, especially like Florida. I mean, you look at Florida, 11 and 14 in the first two seasons under Billy Napier. Graham Mertz has done a good job, somebody who kind of settled the waters there, but five and seven this year, Graham Mertz gets injured the end of the season. DJ Lagway is the linchpin to Billy Napier's future in Florida. We'll see what plays out. Director of recruiting Steve Wolfong seems to believe very confidently that DJ Lagway will sign with the Florida Gators. You got Texas A&M, Baylor, Houston, a couple in-state schools still pushing for his signature. If you're a Florida fan, hang around. We're going to talk more about the Gators a little bit later. Drew, a couple other names that are coming up here now uh, in the top 247 
conversation pushing for five-star status. And the good thing is, Drew, we'll see 29 of the 32 five-stars over the next two weeks, whether that be at the Under Armour All-American game or at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. So the exposure really throughout the top 247 with all these postseason events is going to be great for the Oyster Boys and the rest of the team here at 24-7 Sports. Let's stick with Florida. How about Florida Edge and Marius Williams, right, Drew? This is a guy that I think we've kind of stamped throughout the process. Plays running back, plays linebacker. You can line him up off the edge. Is he a defensive lineman? Is he a stand-up outside linebacker? An absolute freak of a player. You see 6'3", 270 pounds. He moves more like he's 225 pounds. Drew, Auburn right now, a team to watch. They are pushing to flip a Marius Williams, Florida if there's one team out there that's got a critical 24 hours to their future, it's Billy Napier and the Florida Gators. And Maris Williams would just be the cherry on top for Hugh Freeze. But Drew, this is a guy I cannot wait to get my eyes on in San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see kind of what his build looks like. And you know what's interesting about Amaris Williams is he could actually be a prospect in the class of 2025. He will not turn 18 years old until late August. His parents wanted to get rid of him and put him in school right away and not hold him back. Uh, you mentioned him playing running back, Cooper. Early on, I, I think there's footage of him as a sophomore working out for NC State during a summer camp playing running back. He ripped off like a 4-5 or five then. Uh, and then he transitioned to more of a defensive player. Well, in the state playoffs, his school's RB1 goes down. Amaris Williams has to step in. And we're talking about a guy who's 260, 270 pounds. In the final four games, he scored 14 offensive touchdowns. 12 of them were rushing, two of them receiving. Pop on the footage, right? And it's not this guy just powering in between the tackles. He's bouncing things outside, which is just insane to think about given his profile. He's a 4-5 guy on the, on the short shuttle. Also second at States in North Carolina in the shot put, 51 feet. He checks off box after box. Cooper, edge players in the NFL draft of the 33 of them selected in 2023, uh, 21 of them did track and field in high school, a lot of them to a high degree. Love everything about him. Uh, I agree with you. You know, where do you put him in the front seven? I don't think it matters. This guy can get after the quarterback, and I think the arrow is only pointing up for Maris Williams. Don't tell me Andrew Ivins is not fired up for National Signing Day, bringing all, every, everything you need to know about Maris Williams right there. All right, Drew, uh, another guy that I'm excited about. It kind of reminded me of Brock Bowers' senior season out of Napa in California. How about Gatlin Bear out of the great state of Idaho? This is a guy, pretty interesting evaluation. We'll get to see in San Antonio. A three-phase player gets it done in the return game, as you see on your screen but a guy that's going to play receiver at the next level and if you want to comp him to someone just in terms of speed and athletic profile how about Nicholas Harbour a guy that was your number one freak on your freaks list last year and a guy that is supposed to run in the Paris Olympics Gatlin Bear actually ran faster than him a 10-1-8 in the 100 meters so this guy can absolutely roll Michigan and Oregon see, seem to be the teams to beat right now for Gatlin Bear he will not sign until February and then after that, he will go on a mission. So we'll have to wait a little bit for Gatlin Bear. But, Drew, I, I don't know if there's a guy maybe we are uh, more interested to see how he plays out over the next two weeks at the All-American Bowl. You talk about good-on-good good competition. We talked last year about what this event meant for a guy like Lincoln Kineholes out of the great state of South Dakota and what he did when the lights came on. It took him a little bit of time to get adjusted. I mean, Gatlin Bear is one of those dudes that I got circled. I can't wait to see him get off the bus, what he's going to look like physically, and then when the pads come on as well. 
Well, Doom, Doom some justice, man. Call him the Burley Bear. That's the nickname. Idaho State record holder in the 100 and 200 meter dashes. You mentioned he's going to go on that mission trip. So are we concerned about him potentially losing the speed? No, I'm not. Because his two brothers who run track in the SEC, they did the same thing. And when I was talking to Gatlin for my Freaks List story, he brought up how one of them went on the mission trip and actually improved his 100 meter to 100 meter dash time and how did he do it by dunking on a basketball court repeatedly 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 gatlin bear is not expected to sign on wednesday thursday or friday during the early signing period this one's going to stretch into february that's per steve wiltfong of 24 7 sports so uh, i'm excited to see him cooper just interact with him how does he handle himself it's a lot different you know when you're the biggest fish there in a small pond of idaho he's going to be around guys that have played, you know, in these seven-on-seven circuits, have played in these, uh, you know, freshman All-American guys, guys that have been on the scene and have a ton of confidence. And you brought up Lincoln Kineholtz. Remember, he struggled early on in San Antonio last week. And then in the game, it was like he was he, he knew exactly where he should be. Gatlin Bear also dinged up as a senior, still finished his uh, prep career over 2,900 or over 2,900 yards receiving, 29 touchdowns. So this is a guy that can produce. And I do agree with you on the Brock Bowers take, you know, just kind of a difference maker, you know, when you watch that senior tape. Yeah, more more the Brock Bowers to add some context to it. You know, Brock Bowers' biggest knock coming out of California, Napa, California, was the level of competition, right? And then he comes out, this guy checked every single box, and Brock Bowers, I remember him playing quarterback, running back, could flex him out as a receiver as well, also played outside linebacker. There were some teams who really liked him off the edge as well. Gatlin Baird doing that as well for his high school there in Idaho. The last one, Drew, we got to go to the offensive line. I mentioned Jordan Seaton earlier. Not a lot of tackle bodies inside the top 32. Jordan Seaton committed to Colorado, and then Brandon Baker committed to Texas. The other one kind of pushing in to that conversation a little bit is a guy that you got to see at the Shrine Bowl and a guy we'll get to see over the next couple of weeks as well. That's South Carolina commit Josiah Thompson. Yeah, he's prototypical frame, right? Over six foot six. I, I've said it in the past. You know, he's listed at 280 pounds. I think he's closer to 250 then he is 300. We don't need to spend a ton of time here, Cooper, but I did watch the game tape from the Shrine Bowl. I thought he was the best player on the field. I mean, just the way he moves, uh, you know, pound for pound, the strength is there. Uh, so excited to see him in Orlando at the Under Armour game because you look at the defensive line roster that's expected to be there, and we'll see who shows up. I mean, he has not been in a situation where he's going to have to be in pass sets going up against these twitched up edge players. So uh, excited about Josiah Thompson. We've mentioned it. I think this is a massive win for Shane Beamer, who is doing things the right way in terms of building that offensive line through the high school ranks. So uh, excited, and, and I agree. I think he has uh, top 32 upside, and we'll see where he finishes. So there you go. A couple names inside the top 40 already knocking on the door of five-star status. Big couple weeks for those guys. Who knows? Things can change. It's kind of backwards with the calendar. Drew, you and I talk about this guy's sign. And then we get the most important piece of the evaluation process, seeing these guys live against best-on-best competition. That's what's going to happen over the next two weeks. Drew, there are also some notable risers here in the top 247. How about Tradez Green becoming a household name, especially at 24-7 sports? He moves up to the number 45 player in the country, the number three tight end 
Is this the best All-American Bowl tight end roster we have ever seen? I mean, oh Luke gosh. Reynolds, a five-star, committed to Penn State. You got Carter Nelson going to Nebraska, and then you got Trades Green, not to mention Jaden Riddell, uh, and, and a couple other guys as well. Drew, Deshaun Warner, uh, big move for him out of Arizona, committed to Kansas. What a get for Kansas. He's now in, inside the top 150. Kanan Daniels, last two years, over 2,000 yards rushing uh, in the state of Mississippi. Big riser for Florida. Lugard, Etik Pai. Okay, we don't know where he's going yet. It seems like Michigan out of the state of Maryland. They rave about him. And then Penn State corner, John Mitchell, uh, also another riser. Penn State doing a fantastic job in the Sunshine State, especially when it comes to defensive backs. So, Drew, a lot to unpack there. Let's start at the top. I mean, let's start with the guy, six foot six, 225 pounds plus, trade as green. Listed as a tight end, but he's kind of one of those modern-day tight ends. I kind of thought Jimmy Graham when I turned on the tape – that being said, LSU's tight end room, man. I mean, you start to think about that. Kamari and Pimpton last year uh, started to play a little bit last year uh, uh, for LSU. They took in the 2023 cycle as well. Mason Taylor still hanging around. Seems like he's been there forever. Now you got Tredez Green, man. Like that passing attack in Baton Rouge, once you add this guy to it. Tredez Green, Drew, we didn't mention him earlier, but, you know, that's another guy. If he has a good week in San Antonio, maybe we could see moving in the top 32. Yeah, he was someone on the freaks list. You talk with anyone around LSU, they're like, yep, freak. That's that's the term <laughs> that gets thrown out. And he's got, you know, legitimate mid-major college basketball offers. I think at some point he could have just said, hey, I, I'm going to try to play in March Madness instead of the NFL or, or something like that. Uh, Gabe Brooks, our guy, throughout the comp, Plaxico Burris, I, I, I can see it a little bit, but you're, you're right. He's kind of a a flexed out tight end, uh, but he's a weapon. And LSU, Rich getting richer here. I mean, they continue to find wide receivers. We love their wide receiver class. Uh, Kylan Billiot, who we're going to see at the All-American Bowl. You got Jelani Watkins, who might be one of the fastest prospects in here. Another guy on the freaks list. I mean, they are just reloading at that position. And I, you are right. I'm excited to see how these tight ends kind of how we rack and stack them coming out of the All-American Bowl. Because that, that might be the deepest position. I mean, if we're being honest. Drew, I'm really proud of you, the way you said Kylan Billiot. I know that has not been an easy pronunciation for you in the past. I know you've been working on it. You're working on your craft, man. All right, two more names, Drew. We talked about them a little bit earlier. I want to bring them up because I know you're excited about these guys. How about Lugard Adekpayi, right? We don't know where he's going yet. Like I said, it seems like Michigan is going to be the place uh, for him that he lands. But, Drew, this is a guy that you really like. He jumps all the way in to our top 247. Tall drink of water, six foot six, basketball background. What do you like about him? Well, some, one of the schools he visited said he, uh, he has a seven foot one wingspan. He's got the longest limbs, I think, in the 2024 cycle. Uh, in my scouting report, which I wrote a few nights ago, uh, first line is resembles a spider. And I think that's so true just because of how long those limbs are. Cooper, if he picks Michigan, I fired up to see how this pans out. Think about everything the Wolverines have done in that program the pass rushers they have developed in recent years and since the NFL. I mean, that is all coaching and player development. Now you could add Lugard Adepaye into the mix, who has freaky rare traits. To me, that's Michigan unlocking something they haven't had before, getting access to an athlete that maybe they haven't pursued. So just my mind thinking, hey, what is this guy going to look like three, four years down the line, given what they've done maybe with some of these other prospects who, you know, 
aren't as explosive, aren't as long. I, I think he could be a real difference maker for them. Michigan's player development track record is just kind of like an anomaly. You, you study these classes, what they've done in the past. Michigan's not one of those teams that's been in the top five year in and year out, but what they've done better than anybody in the country is develop these players. How about Devon Baxter as well, another guy that we yeah. really like in the top 247. So you talk about that combination of length, athleticism as well. Michigan doesn't look like they're going anywhere at the point of attack. And Drew, another guy, I'm going to just tee you up right here. Tell us about John Mitchell going to Penn State. He's the brother of new Notre Dame wide receiver Chris Mitchell, who was on PFF's All-Conference USA team. I, I always lose track of where these schools are now. Uh, state title game, Mandarin taking on Columbus. Watching from my couch a few weeks ago, John Mitchell, two forced fumbles. One of them like prevented a touchdown. I've loved this kid throughout the evaluation process. I love the fit at Penn State. I thought he was going to play for Manny Diaz, who likes to blitz his corners. Obviously, Manny Diaz is now uh, the head coach at Duke. But uh, to me, he's a mirror image of this guy that's already in Happy Valley, uh, John Dixon, who is also from the Sunshine State. He's a 4-5 kid on the lasers. He's uber-physical. Uh, I, I, I think it's a great take. And when you talk about Penn State and how they have recruited that DB position, like you said, in the state of Florida, I mean, Elliott Washington last year, uh, King Mack out of St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, it's it's impressive. And, and the final thing, Cooper, you know, we updated this top 247. I, I brought it up to you and the rest of the team. I think we're a little light on corners, you know, heading into this final ranking. It, hopefully some guys will step up at these uh, All-American games. You know, John Mitchell, unfortunately, is not in one of them. We feel really good about him, but I think we only got 21 corners right now in the top 247. I'd like that number to get maybe closer, to, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28. So, you know, that's a position we're going to be keying on here. Might have to go back and audit some senior seasons some more uh, just because you look at the NFL draft, you look at, you know, Sunday nights, Monday nights, uh, a lot. Of, it's a passing league. So we're, we're trying to find those corners. Yeah, a little PSA. If you know of any corners, send them our way. You know, we try to get those guys into the top 247. All right, Drew. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Storylines, there's no shortage of them for tomorrow. I mentioned we're less than 24 hours away from National Signing Day. We talked about what are we watching. Uh, Drew, I'll start with the Florida Gators. I told you to hang around if you're a Florida fan. To me, it's a little bit of the house of cards, right? We've seen Florida already kind of start leaking water with a couple guys that they lost. Jamonte Waller, he flips from Florida to Auburn. A couple other guys as well that you think of. Amaris Williams, they're battling for coming down the stretch the last 24 hours, coming off a OV to Auburn. LJ McCray, Florida State in his ear as well. And then you have DJ Lagway. You never say never, right? Florida's in a great spot there. I'm not going to make it sound more dramatic than it absolutely is. But Drew, Florida, to me, I talked about it. It's a critical 24 hours for them uh, because they've already lost the likes of a guy like Waller and Nasir Johnson to Georgia. You and I said this. Florida is a team, by all intents and purposes, they have followed their plan and they have executed their plan their issue is is circumstantial because of their lack of production on the field. I think it's been their on-field results that has prevented them from reaching their potential on the recruiting end. I think they have the right idea. I think they've gone out there. They've recruited the right guys. You look at the freshmen that have gone out, played well for them. You mentioned guys like Kelby Collins, Jordan Castell, right? You can go down the list. Florida's an interesting spot, Drew, because they need to win this year. And you like the future of their program. And you like the nucleus and the foundation of what they're building upon. It wasn't a couple weeks ago that this team was in the top five and was ranked the highest out of all the schools in the Sunshine State. Today, less than 24 hours out, Drew, they're the third ranked. And they still have a top 10 class but that says a lot, and that shows how much the margin of error there is in the state of Florida when you're battling the likes of Mike Norvell and Mario Cristobal. It's tough, Drew. I just feel like it, it could kind of feel like a, man, we get across the finish line, but if we lose an Amaris Williams, if we lose an LJ McCray, you're kind of limping across when a couple weeks ago you were feeling really, really good about what you're bringing into this class. Well, Cooper, I went back and I looked, right? So October 21st, that was a Saturday, LJ McCray committed to Florida. Since then, oh, that shot them up to number three in the rankings. Since then, you rattled them off. They've lost Jamonte Waller. They've lost Nas Johnson, Xavier Philsam. They've also lost Wardell Mack and Kendall Jackson. They've only added one high school commit in that stretch. They've dropped all the way down to number 10. Uh, I, I think Florida... The talent ID, the evaluations, I mean, how many of the kids that were committed to them have we moved up in the rankings as the process has gone on? That is not the issue. It's just the on-field product. In that same stretch from October 21st, they've gone 0-5 on the field. They've missed a bowl game, uh, lost a ton of kids to the transfer portal, key members of that two deep. I mean, yes, you got to rebuild it, tear it down, get the right people in the building. I don't know. I I, I Florida is fascinating to me, and it could be a, a disaster of a of a signing day for them. And and they, I think they're in position to add some other pieces. Greg Smith, you know, a a, a safety out of um, out of Florida. I like him. He's a kid that you know, excellent track and field data. Like they're going to do good with maybe the Plan B options. But what this class could have been, I mean, it's hard if you're a Florida fan not to get frustrated. But I think all the noise. No, I don't think that's helping either. 
Because because uh, I'll add this. All this I, I I talked to DJ Lagway's father Monday afternoon. You know, hey, or is there negative recruiting going on? He's like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Schools are recruiting against him. I mean, which which they should do. But I I think Florida's an easy target. And the other thing, Cooper, you said, you know, Florida State, Miami ahead of them in the rankings. Most of these guys they're losing. I mean, Nas Johnson, they lose to Georgia. They lose Wardell Mack and Xavier Philsim to Texas. That's a team in the college football playoff. Amaris Williams, you mentioned Auburn with him. Ohio State's also lingering around. I mean, Florida has has recruited in Georgia really well, in Mississippi, uh, the Carolinas, and, and, and some of these big programs have come calling. Bottom line is, I think the only thing stopping Florida from getting to where they want to be as Florida themselves, it's nobody like, oh, Georgia's a nuisance or Miami's a nuisance or we can't get over the Florida State deal. That's not happening. They've done a tremendous right. job in terms of talent identification and evaluation. They have not been able to get these guys over the finish line because they're on shaky ground. Let's just call it what it is. Very difficult schedule in year three. They need to win football games, right? And they didn't have a postseason bid this year. I think people have been able to exploit that vulnerability when it comes to Billy Napier and his long-term future there. That's the reason I say when push comes to shove over the next 24 hours, this is the team that I have an eye on, especially because you got teams like Auburn that we're going to talk about right now, Drew. They are pushing guys like Amaris Williams, guys that we just talked about that we think could potentially find their way into the top 32. I think you could go back and talk about Xavier Filson made the same deal. Push comes to shove. He'll probably tell you, I love my relationship that I've built with Florida. I would go there if it was in a better position, but I have the opportunity to stay home and play for a team that's going to the SEC in 2024 and is in the college football playoffs, which one am I going to choose? In, in this era of player movement, which one seems like the obvious better choice to me? That's a situation that Florida finds themselves in. We beat that horse dead. Let's talk about Auburn, Drew, and I want to talk about both teams in the Yellowhammer State. Auburn's that team tomorrow that I'm like, okay, they got a little bit ahead of them uh, in terms of what they can bite off. How about K.J. Bolden, the five-star? It seems to be a Florida State-Auburn battle. Georgia lurking there as well. We'll see what happens there. Director of recruiting Steve Wolfong seems to believe that Auburn has a momentum right now with that one. L.J. McCray, another one, Drew. We talked about that, right, that Auburn is still working on. We're going to talk about their class uh, right here in, in a few minutes. Drew, I love what Auburn is doing. This is who Hugh Freeze and Auburn should be. They should be an absolute nuisance. And you want to talk about the alignment within that program as well. It's easy to see that these guys kind of have it together, especially what they've done in the Southeast this year. They have not peeled off their top targets, regardless of these guys committing earlier in the process. Drew, if I got a team that I'm like circling tomorrow uh, to keep an eye on, it's Hugh Freeze and Auburn. That makes sense. Hey, we always have to do player comps, like player to player. How about a recruitment comp? Um, Keldrick Falk's recruitment and LJ McCray's recruitment. Remember Keldrick Falk took a, like a last minute visit to Auburn and, and Florida State really wasn't all that concerned. He ends up signing with the Tigers and, and making an impact for them down the stretch. Well, LJ McCray's the same thing, you know, a last minute visit um, to, to Florida State. He was also at Auburn. I, I agree with you. They have a heavy spatula um, and they, they're a team to watch out for. I keep saying it as well. And I know you're going to get into their class, uh, but we'll see. LJ McCray's kind of one I, I, I'm, I've circled more than maybe like the Jeremiah Smith sweepstakes and, and some of these other ones. Like what, what happens with him? Because when 
when he made his decision back in October, you know, having interacted with him after one of his games, like I thought he kind of liked all these schools. I thought he was kind of rushing his decision. Cooper, you got your eye on Auburn. I got my eye on Alabama Wednesday. Uh, I was going through the cr- cl- class calculator. There's a chance they could finish number two and potentially maybe even number one in the rankings. They're involved with Edric Houston, the longtime Ohio State commit, uh, number 33 player in the country for us. You know, Steve Wilfong reported that you know there's a chance that could happen, so they could add him to the fold. Jaden Baugh decommitted from Arkansas on Monday night. Florida Alabama battle there. Jaden Baugh is a guy we've never talked about on this show. Reminds me of Rocket Sanders, two-way athlete, you know, six foot, 215 pounds, 11-3 in the 100-meter dash. Sounds like both schools like him as a running back. I think Alabama's one to watch there. And then Kevin Riley, a guy you're super familiar with, committed to Miami. Miami just picked up a running back commitment uh, from Jordan Lyle, who they flipped from Ohio State. It seems like Alabama could have some fireworks here. On top of that, they just added LT Overton from the transfer portal. Yeah, who, who would have thought? We're going to talk about Overton a little bit later. Kevin Riley drew from Tuscaloosa County. He reminds me of another guy from Tuscaloosa. That's Brian Robinson playing his ball for the Washington Commanders. You know, And a guy in uh, Brian Robinson who had to wait his turn in Tuscaloosa before he became the guy. I, I, I see kind of a similar trajectory uh, for Kevin Riley and a guy that's going to be more of a change of pace guy. Uh, to start his career, but one day could be a three-down running back. And I, I love what Alabama's doing. Alabama, I think we know by this uh, point in time with Nick Saban, this is a team not to take your eye off the ball, especially uh, in these closing hours, the last 24 hours. Another name that comes up to mind, favor Edwin as well. They're pushing uh, for him tackle out of the state of Georgia. So Alabama, a team to watch as well. You might see them pop up on your TV screen uh, over the next 24 hours. Drew, Talked about it a little bit while ago, and this doesn't need to be some long, drawn-out thing. But, you know, I went to the Alabama-Mississippi game in Hattiesburg. Had a real up-close look uh, to a lot of guys that are going to be suiting up for the Auburn Tigers. I mentioned that I like their class. They're sitting right outside of the top ten right now. I'll make this quick. They are flipping that receiver room. And, I I, I mean, it's like it's, it's no surprise to anybody. But when we were at Washington – I've talked about this before. You get what you emphasize, and we had to flip that room over, and, and it was guys like Puka Nakua, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan that we brought in that has completely changed the trajectory of that program and that offense. You plug in a guy like Michael Penix, and boom, you got something. Think about Auburn. We've talked about the drought that they've had at the receiver position. This is what you have coming in. You got five star Cam Coleman, five star Perry Thompson. Outside of that, you got guys like Malcolm Simmons now in the top 247, Bryce Kane, another guy moving up. They could potentially land Ryan Williams as well, who might not sign tomorrow and will sign in February. Another five star. They're, they're calling him the last infinity stone. You think about what they've done there. You think about what they've done in the state of Alabama. Demarcus Riddick, guys like Joseph Phillips as well. Drew, like quality-wise, they might not be in the top 10, but in terms of the guys that they are taking, keeping in state, dude, I love, love what Auburn's doing this year. And I think they're going to be – they are going to be a force sooner rather than later. I think give them one more year after this year in 2024 – and uh, if they can get that quarterback position figured out, I think Auburn 2025, that's going to be a team we're like, all right, keep your eyes on. So we're naming right teams we love or recruiting classes we love Correct. on the eve of signing day. 
I'm going to go with Florida State here. I think they're number four in the rankings right now, give or take. Uh, they're going to have to play some defense on Wednesday, and I mean, I guess well into the evening hours tonight. KJ Bolden, Armando Blunt, that's another one. Uh, but but to me, I love the defensive back haul that they have in place. And that, even if KJ Bolden were to end up at Auburn, we're talking about Kai Bates, Jamari Howard, and Charles Lester. All three of those cornerbacks are over six foot one. And you look at Pat Sertain, who came from the NFL, he knows what they look like. And, and all three of those guys are, are prototypical types. I think you can even throw Makai Danzi, LeWayne McCoy. You know, who knows where they're going to settle in in Tallahassee. I think both those guys can be defensive backs. McCoy's probably going to be a wide receiver, Danzi, at running back. But to me, you know, you, you open up the hood, you look at what Florida State has committed. Luke Cromanhawk, who Georgia apparently made a call to over the weekend as they realized that Dylan Riola was headed to Nebraska. I, I like this group. They're also in line to add Danas White, big frame defensive lineman out of the Carolinas, who I saw uh, go through practices at the Carolina Bowl. So I like Florida State's class. We'll see what it looks like when we wake up on Thursday morning. But I think the big thing for me is Mike Norvell and the Seminoles were able to capitalize on that undefeated season. And then look what they're doing in the transfer portal. Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, leaves Georgia, commits to Florida State on Monday. Things are humming there in, in Tallahassee. All right, we're keeping an eye on Florida. Uh, big 24 hours, as I mentioned, teams that we like right now, 24 hours out, Auburn and Florida State. Drew, the last thing on Florida State, they have gotten better and better every single year statistically in both high school and transfer portal. That is an ascending program. That's what you love to see under Mike Norvell. Did I mention that signing day is less than 24 hours away? Everything you need for college football recruiting right here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Guys, we will be live throughout the entire day tomorrow. Make sure you are locked in. We'll have teams both in Fort Lauderdale at CBS HQ and here in Nashville as well. I'll be on set with Josh Pate. Grace Remington will be here with Smoke Dixon, Carl Reed, Bud Elliott. Loaded show for you tomorrow. No better place to follow college football recruiting than right here at 24-7 Sports. Drew, I was having a nice Tuesday evening uh, yesterday or maybe Monday. I don't even know. The, the days are kind of blending together a little bit. <laughs> coop, coop, sometime coop. in the last 48 hours. When was it? Please remind me. I, <laughs> you know how messed up my days are? I went out to put my trash cans out. I had the wrong trash can for the wrong day. And I had no idea until I walked the dog. I'm like, well, this is not the right day. This is in four days from now. I have no idea what, what day it is. That time of year. Uh, some bags under the eyes. That's okay. People in personnel departments across the country, those guys have no pity for us, understandably so. But Dylan Riola, the five-star Dylan Riola, he flips from Georgia to Nebraska. A lot to unpack here. Their number one quarterback in the country, number two player overall. Drew three different high school programs in the last three years. He's also been committed to Ohio State. He's been committed to Georgia. Now he lands on Nebraska. If you've been sleeping under a rock, let me let me give you a little bit of context. Dominic Rayola, his father played 10 years in the NFL, All-American at Nebraska. His number 54 jersey is retired in Lincoln. His uncle is also the offensive line coach within the last week. He has received a pay raise over 53%. The 1819 1890 initiative at Nebraska. Great story by Brandon Marcello. You can read into that and how this really came to be. But that being said, Drew, uh, there are a lot of different reasons players commit to programs, decommit from programs, find a new home. This seems to be 
about a lot of different variables, probably uh, of the likes that we don't know every single one. Uh, but a little bit of legacy, obviously, playing in here for Dylan Riola. Your raw reaction as Dylan Riola flips from the Georgia Bulldogs to go play for Matt Rule in Nebraska. Well, it's hard to have raw reaction. I mean, we were taping stuff for this commitment five days ago. I feel like I've only talked about Riola uh, over the past week or so. Um, so it's monumental for Nebraska. Highest ranked recruit ever in program history. I mean, Matt Rule gets this thing done. And yes, it was weird. There were a lot of twists and turns. But Dylan Riola was linked to the Cornhuskers since his freshman and sophomore seasons. And it never seemed like... Nebraska was really going to be an option. Well, at the end of the day, Nebraska, you know, the the people that support that program, they get it done. And that's huge because it's elevating the ceiling of that quarterback room. Now, if we want to spin it forward here a little bit, I mean, Cooper, I'm assuming he's going to be the guy for Nebraska in 2024. And I think if you, you know, we're going to listen to our conversation last night when I'm driving home, I, that scares me a little bit right now. I, I, Riola is talented, but I, I, he's not a Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, you know, just a little bit concerned about them potentially rolling him out there, you know, in, in year one. But I think they have to do it, given what's on that roster. Jeff Sims has left. Cheba Purdy's there. Henry Harburg's there. Uh, we keep drilling at home, 129th in passing offense. Now, with that being said, I do think Nebraska's 2024 schedule sets up nicely to break in a rookie quarterback if we want to you know kind of compare this to the nfl they open up against utep colorado coach prime september 7th week two you guys i can guarantee right now fox big game noon kickoff will be there then it's northern iowa illinois at purdue rutgers bye week so i think there's a chance you know we're going to see him relatively early yeah less about riola I, I tweeted it yesterday like he, i think you have to have patience but you're talking about a program that hasn't had success on a national level in a very long time. They are all out of patience, right? Kyle McCord is not at Nebraska anymore. He's at Syracuse. I think Dylan Riola had something to do with that. Now you think about Riola and the environment that he's coming into. Drew, you talked about it, 129th in passing offense. In case you didn't know, there's 130 teams in the FBS. They also allowed 30 sacks. That's 90th in the FBS. They only had one receiver with over 300 yards. So you talk about the environment that's right for a quarterback. What do we talk about? Play callers. Marcus Satterfield certainly has a checkered pass. As any South Carolina fan about him. You talk about uh, protection as well in the offensive line. I just hit on that. And then you talk about perimeter playmakers. I love the fact that they have Malachi Coleman. I love the fact that they have Carter Nelson. I'm not getting frustrated at Nebraska for going out and landing the number one quarterback in the country. I'm just saying... It's going to take a little bit to surround him with the toys and the necessities that he needs to ultimately see him reach his potential, his ceiling, and I'm with you. I like the fact that Nebraska was able to go out and land this big fish, but in terms of him playing early, I think we kind of got to adjust our expectations a little bit from what we expect of Dylan Riola there. That being said, Drew, you and I talked about this. If this doesn't work out for Nebraska – who cares, right? Obviously, you want this to work out, but this is a big deal. Matt Rule was building a developmental program. He went heavy in the portal last year, but this is a team you have to keep your best players home. That doesn't matter where you are. You look at Nebraska, Malachi Coleman, Carter Nelson, Dylan Riola, right? Those guys have to be part of your program. I applaud Matt Rule and the rest of Nebraska for getting this done. 
Yeah, real quick, I know we're in rapid fire producers in the ear. A highest ranked quarterback ever for Nebraska. And when I was going through this, I was almost amazed. Like, they have never got a four-star quarterback in the 24-7 sports era. I think Adrian Martinez maybe was the last one. Uh, the highest ranked quarterback pre-Riola was Bubba Starling in 2011. And if you have no idea who Bubba Starling is, that's because he never even took a snap for Nebraska. He just played MLB baseball. Like, they have never got this type of quarterback with his potential and his arm. And I think you need to be excited if you're a Husker fan. All right, let's uh, get to the transaction wire a little bit more in-depth. Now back to the portal, right? But let's start at the top. Five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson, 2023 cycle. You might be familiar with his name. He enters the transfer portal. He was a number 13 player overall per 24-7 sports, the number five quarterback in the country. The Trojans, they bring in Will Howard over from Kansas State. Miller Moss there as well. Drew... I know this caught a lot of people by surprise. I don't think it caught you and I by surprise. Malachi Nelson seems to be looking for playing time. That didn't seem like something that was going to be handed to him at USC. I completely get that if you're Lincoln Riley as well. We didn't get to see a lot of Malachi Nelson. This one's pretty interesting. I don't know if the market is really going to be as excited about Malachi Nelson as many people would expect. I originally thought about UCLA right across the street. Ethan Garbers announced he's coming back. Colorado, I don't think there's anything there. I've heard teams maybe like Boise State as well. Maybe a team like Auburn kicks the tires on him and says, you know what, we'll take a shot. Drew, he's looking for access to the field. Your thoughts on Malachi Nelson hitting the portal? Uh, is it going to be a power five? Is that where he's going? Or are you alluding to maybe more of, of G5? I don't think it's going to be in one of these you know, power two conferences, the Big Ten or the SEC. Uh, just so many quarterbacks are, are on the market. Um, and Coop, I, I, I thought about this this morning, him entering the portal. Obviously, it's probably, you know, Will Howard coming in, kind of maybe, you know, steered him in that direction. But Malachi last season, or la this time last year, didn't play in the Under Armour All-America game. Remember, he, was, he had injured his shoulder. I don't know. We're just in this era where guys are just so easy and so ready to leave programs. Um I'm interested to see how this one shakes out. Yeah, certainly a talented passer. We'll, we'll see. I think fit environment going to be important for him, somebody that can uh, get Malachi Nelson right in the right system and obviously access to playing time as well. So might end up being a good thing. We'll see what happens with Malachi Nelson. That's not all for USC. How about Damani Jackson, the former five-star corner? He's in the portal as well. Dante Williams, his old secondary coach, he lands at Georgia. A lot of musical chairs, a lot of things to keep an eye on. So corner, one of those positions, not easy to find. I'm sure he'll have a lot of suitors in the portal. Drew, you brought this one up earlier. Former five-star Marvin Jones played over 200 snaps at the University of Georgia 2022 class. He ends up with Florida State. Drew, I know you're a little bit more well-versed in Marvin Jones, following him throughout high school at American Heritage. How do you like this pickup for the Knowles? I think it's huge. I mean, they continue to just find these premium pass rushers. It was Jermaine Johnson, Jared Verse. Now they add Marvin Jones. And to me, you know, have we ever figured out what happened with Patrick Payton? Is he is he staying? Is he going? I, I, think, I would assume he's staying. But you add a guy like Marvin Jones, it doesn't really matter all that much if, if Patrick Payton leaves. Yes, obviously you want two elite edge players, but... I think he's he's going to find success there, and I think he's going to find it early at Florida State. And maybe, you know, Florida State's a school he should have picked initially. Dad won a Butkus Award there. 
Uh, this guy has the talent. Um, excited to see what he's able to do. I, I, he was, I think he's down at American Heritage right now. I saw him posting some some photos or videos from the weight room there yesterday. But uh, he's got the talent. Um, they just they just got to unleash him. All right, some other notable transactions. How about Prime? He ain't hard to find, as he said on the uh, Portal Palooza show that we had on Colorado. They land former top two four seven standouts Cordell Russell. Big fan. The Oyster Boys love him. Quincy Wiggins. How about him as well? Drew, a big old physical athletic specimen out of the state of Louisiana. He's going to play in Boulder as well. And then Missouri, Drew, they just keep rolling. They nabbed the number one portal tackle in Caden Green, a guy that was on the Oyster Boys all-freshman team. And then Miami, as you mentioned earlier in the show, they flipped four-star running back out of St. Thomas Aquinas, Jordan Lyle from Ohio State and Missouri. To go back to them, they just landed top 64 prospect. And Courtney Crutchfield will see in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Drew, let's start with the buffs. I mean, Cordell Russell, man, like – this one gets me excited. We talk about fit in the portal as well. I think Cordell Russell, uh, this is a guy that will be able to see the field early. You talk about Travis Hunter, a couple of the other playmakers that they have, Draylon Miller in Colorado, Amari and Miller coming back for another year. There is no <laughs> shortage of talent on the perimeter at the offensive skill position for Colorado. They've been active on both sides of the line of scrimmage. We wondered how they were going to be able to get that done. Listen, that, uh, credit to Deion Sanders and his staff. They've been able to back up that claim so far in the transfer portal, one of the most active teams, and they've needed to be. Drew, I love, 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 love these two gets for Deion Sanders. I, I mean, Cordell Russell uh, is big, but does Colorado really need wide receivers? Quincy Wiggins is the one to me when that came across the social media feed. I was like, okay, this is, this is notable. I mean, he was a guy that was – on my freaks list two years ago, dominated the All American Bowl um, and got injured. You know, we kind of wondered what happened at LSU. We mentioned it in the past, just the fact that, you know, some staff changes, you know, different different guys kind of crafting that line of scrimmage. I was talking to someone inside the SEC who was familiar with LSU, and he's like, I, I don't know what they're trying to do up front. So now he gets to restart there in Boulder. Uh, in the Big 12, you're adding a talent like that. I, I think he's someone that's going to be on your screen uh, making plays, Quincy Wiggins. Yeah, we'll talk about LSU on signing day in, in their defensive line. They're, they're, they seem to be amplifying their strengths, uh, yet not addressing their weaknesses. So uh, pretty interesting there. We'll talk about that later. Drew, the last team I want to talk about, how about Missouri, man? Absolutely on fire. I talked about Caden Green. was kind of an odd one uh, to jump in the portal. He's originally from the state of Missouri. They bring him back into the fold, right? A guy that's going to be a plug-and-play guy in the SEC. And then you think about Toriano Pride coming over from Clemson, another guy from the St. Louis area. Williams Winery, five-star, the number one defensive lineman in this class. He's signing with Mizzou. Courtney Crutchfield, they get from the state of Arkansas, Arkansas down right now. Their fences are down as well. Kind of seems to be easy picking. Drew, I, I, it's kind of happening very quickly, but it's happening right in front of us. Eli Drinkwitz, his staff, they seem to be grabbing a hold of all that momentum that they've built on the field and capitalizing on it. Not to mention all the guys that they are bringing back originally from the St. Louis area in Missouri, but they're starting to build a fence there. They're becoming a really desirable bounce-back program. And then you think about what they've done as well going into the state of Alabama for guys like Jalen Brown, right? Cam Dooley is another guy that they're in good position to get. You've said this to me multiple times. You love what Missouri is doing. Eli Drinkwitz, Kirby Moore, Blake Baker, friend of the pod. I mean, dude, Mizzou 
right now, um, this, I, don't, I don't think this is a one-off is what I'm getting at. They, they are looking to build upon what they've done this season and just be an absolute nuisance in the SEC East. They, they parlayed that season into talent acquisition, right? And they built what they were able to do in 2023 through the transfer portal. And we keep saying it. I'm excited about the high school class. Uh, I mean, all different levels. Aiden Glover, the quarterback. Jalen Brown, we moved into the top two, four, seven, the defensive lineman. Elias Williams. I mean, I can go on and on. There are a lot of pieces I like. James Madison, the wide receiver out of St. Thomas Aquinas. And then you're adding Caden Green, who has three years of eligibility left. He's an Oyster Boys true freshman, All-American. I mean, they are just firing on all cylinders. And I know, you know, what does this mean to people listening to the show? Well, Missouri plays in the SEC. You want to compare them to another program? What about like Florida, right? It seems like everything has gone right for Missouri here over the past two months. And everything has gone wrong for Florida over the past two months. Those teams are going to play each other, right? They're in the same conference. So, no, I... I'm a big fan of, of Missouri. I mean, they're, I think their class ranks 24th. It, it, same thing, but the transfers are like 24, 24th overall when you put the transfer in the in the high school rankings together. I mean, I, to me, it feels like it should be higher. All right, brother, we got to get you out of here, but I'm not going to let you leave without a final thought before you hit the desk tomorrow. What I, Just one thing, top of the mind right now, as signing day is slowly approaching less than 24 hours away. Oof. Um, I, I mean, are we going to get a big surprise? I feel like there's going to be one. And that is just speculation, not like any insider intel. I think something's going to happen where it's all going to throw us for a loop. And I don't know what direction it's going to come from. Two years ago, you know, Travis Hunter to Jackson State. We had the Cormani McLean drama last year. I, I feel like something's going to be brewing out there. Yeah, think about it this way. It, you see this script right here. It's about 10 pages for tomorrow's show. As soon as Travis Hunter came on Jackson State, uh, yeah, just went like that, right? So whether that's Jeremiah Smith, DJ Lagway, KJ Bolden, LJ McCray, there's a handful of people that could really kind of uh, send us for a loop tomorrow. Buckle up. Seems to be uh, like it's going to be an exciting day for Andrew Ivins. I'm Cooper Battaglia. Guys, one more reminder. Make sure to smash that like button. Also, subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. The Oyster Boys will have a reaction to signing day tomorrow evening as well. Everything you need to know every Tuesday and Wednesday about recruiting, especially. I can't even believe I'm going to say it. We're going to flip that calendar to 2025. The boys will have you locked to load it for 12 months all the way through. Everything you need to know right here. Cooper Battaglia, Andrew Ivins. Guys, I appreciate you joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Get a good night's sleep and take care.